This is the TRA Channel Podcast. Watch the opportunity with Trevor Clark, Mark Isles, and Tim Dillon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the TRA Channel Podcast. What's the opportunity? My name is Trevor Clark, and joining me today is Tim Dillon and Mark Isles. Gentlemen, good morning. Thanks, Good morning, Trevor. Hope, hope everyone is well. Um, we're going to have a, a bit of a different topic again this week, as as per our as per our approach to doing this podcast. We we want to give uh, everyone in the channel across the Asia Pacific region something different when we can. And today we're going to talk about actually engaging with with organisations like TRA um, and other analyst houses. You know, or your there's so many of them in the market at the moment, um, and many also new smaller analyst firms that continually come up and we we're going to we're going to keep it quite short and sharp so we, we'd love to hear your feedback as well um on what people should and shouldn't do with with engaging with analysts whether it's worked for them whether it hasn't worked for them um yeah of course this is a little bit self-serving from our perspective but at the same time we do we do often get this question about you know what should we do when we're trying to engage with with a, with an analyst firm um so we'll, we'll get onto that in just a little bit before that any news this that's caught your attention this week guys uh, actually, I've got one if you'd like to kick off. Um, the the one that I did see was that you know we work a lot with with organisations that focus on the mid market space, particularly channel partners, obviously because it's you know it's the lifeblood of, of the Australian economy, arguably. Um, mm. You know we're essentially kind of an SMB nation, and I saw Hopify actually bought a, a telemarketing agency that they've actually been doing their work for them because it's one of the one of the things you need is you need a really strong go to market sales motion to address SMB. You've got to be able to do it profitably, cost effectively, and at scale. Uh, and there are professional organizations that do that. And I thought they actually just like, you know what, we're just going to buy one. So they actually just bought an entire um, sort of telemarketing, telesales agency and bolted it in. And I'm like, smart move. Yeah. I quite like that. It cut, yeah, it speaks to, I mean, we, uh, yeah, you and I have, have spoken about this quite a lot on, on you know, building that lead generation thing, particularly around SMB. There's so many people um, where SMB, that mid-market in particular, but even going smaller, it's it, no one's cracked it yet. You know, it's really yeah. hard. Um, so and you could and you could build it, or you could just go buy it, like Hopify did. Mm, mm, sounds good. Today, you got any anything that, that hit hit your radar this week? Yeah, mine was was around the upcoming Socky, you know, the security and critical inf- infrastructure legislation that's coming out, and uh, and the fact that uh, in some cases uh, the notification rates are a lot lower, uh, quicker uh, mm. in terms of time to notify, but also that the ASD will get involved. And then, and then uh, again, it came out this week that um, an unnamed national well-known company uh, refused ASD assistance um, in terms of uh, investigating a breach, and uh, the ASD only found out about it from media, which uh, apparently they weren't too happy about. But um, the, the company went to the lawyers and went, no, uh, we, we don't want you to, to come and help us, um, and eventually handed over some... Uh, very rudimentary data, but uh, um, I thought that was interesting, and I think that you know the, the Socky stuff is going to force an interesting change on to many vendors. You know, they're now becoming a regulated industry, uh, and they're going to have to to step up their game, I suspect, in some of these areas when they're they're engaging with the enterprise and, and public sector customers that they have. So, yeah, that was the one for me this week. Fascinating. Another security one, of course. <laughs> We've got so many. Yeah, yeah. But it's a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Like, how do you how do you engage effectively? I mean, I've heard so many stories about the whens and the whys, and 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 you know, some war stories of of engaging with you know um, some of the 
the the the certs um, and the emergency response firms, it's uh, agencies. It's um, hmm. sometimes it's great, and other times it's just well, good luck. Tell us how you went when it's over. So um, interesting, um, interesting. It's definitely going to change. Um, I've got a couple actually, which which I wanted to talk about. One was first of all um, more private equity uh, in investment, um, and this one's come out of uh, Singapore um, where. The government sovereign wealth fund, GIC Private Limited, um, just uh, made some more deals with Equinix um, to invest more and to expand uh, the Equinix uh, footprint. So, interesting again that um, you know more private equity money flowing into into the market, and it kind of follows also um, Digital Edge, which is another Singaporean-based data center operator. They bought um, uh, they bought um, uh, Indonet. In, in Indonesia, which is another infrastructure player, um, so expanding as well, and they're they're also backed by Stone Peak Infrastructure Partners, which which um, you know is obviously another big private equity firm. So uh, more more private equity money flowing in and flowing in, um, quite interesting, and it's still going, and obviously more yeah. data center investment across the region. Um, yeah, interesting mm-hmm. stuff. I'm expected to keep going, keep going. Um, the other one I had, sorry, was also. Um, Google changing its um, its collaboration and productivity apps uh, again. <laughs> I don't know how many times they've changed them now, but they're 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 going to offer. Um, they've changed their uh, chat rooms to being spaces, um, which is um, interesting, and they're going to start offering uh, workspace to consumers for free, um, similar back in the old days. Um, do it, but it'll have all these spaces involved in it. So kind of. You know, trying to do that freemium model again of pushing in um, the productivity and the, the collaboration stuff into the into the workspace by having it on people's devices and, and you know people using it. So um, mm-hmm. obviously they'll have paid levels elsewhere. But uh, interesting that they're, you know, that all these all these companies were, had been promoting that that whole productivity thing for so long and the collaboration thing for so long, and then after. The, the 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 shift to to work from home, they're all coming out with all the the stuff that you needed before it. Um, it's uh, it's I don't know if it's too late. Um, yeah. it's a lot of people heading back. Yeah, some some heading back though, isn't it? Like I, I keep reading different articles about yes, we're all going back. No, we're not going back. We're going half back. We're A teams and B teams. It's I think frankly we're just and I'm gonna say it. It's gonna be hybrid just to you know. Mm use a word that doesn't get used enough. Um, but I think it's 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 fitness for purpose, right? Um, rather than one one size fits all. But yeah, yeah. I, I agree. You got you gotta match it to what you've got and what your people are and what your culture is. And and you know, if you're a leader, how well you manage your own middle management and whether they've got enough trust levels in their employees, it's a huge thing. Uh, but I think it's I, I do think also it's um for me, Google had been slipping with its workspace uh, offerings. It had been losing quite a lot to Office 365 in particular, and obviously Zoom when it when when everything went went to about 18 months ago. Um, so it'd be interesting to see whether this actually works for them. Um, yeah. You know whether they can start winning some of that uh, winning some of that enterprise and and mid market. Uh, business back because yeah. they'll do really well in in small business, but you know, the rest of it. Well, sure. I mean, we we say that though, but I mean, Google's had that strategy in place for ten to fifteen years, and they've achieved approximately five percent market share. It's been pretty much flat. Yeah, uh, it's been relatively underinvested, and I think Microsoft now that they've got their arms around Teams and seen so much adoption, just a federated security model that in in that alone makes it extremely sticky. 
Uh, and you know, everyone always forgets it's the Active Directory Federated Securities uh, that that actually becomes the sticky thing that's very hard to unwind. Yep. Okay. So yeah, I think in, in SMB there's always some opportunity there, but you know, it's arguably been underinvested for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 that classic Google thing of um, very good at consumer, very good at SMB, and and maybe some of the more creative um, industries, uh, but yeah, never never really cracked enterprise for it. It's, um, <laughs> Don't see this doing it for them either. Um, all right, so uh, that's news for this week. Um, let's uh, let's get on to our topic today and our opportunity, which is how you engage analyst firms and you know perhaps um, why you might engage an analyst firm. Well, first of all, let me say that the, that from my perspective, that analyst the, the term analyst itself is quite a, a broad umbrella. Um, it covers so many different types of things. I mean, we I would normally say a lot of the stuff work that we do is very, very different from what I did in a previous life with IDC. Um, what Gartner does to IDC is also very different. And then, you know, the foresters as well. And then you've got a whole bunch of small independent firms across the entire Asia Pacific region that are doing, you know, sometimes they do similar things. Sometimes they don't do the same thing. Sometimes they do very different stuff. And then you have quite a multi-convergence of different industries where there's for want of a much better term co-opetition um, between different firms so media companies doing analyst sort of stuff analyst stuff publishing media and then there's you know the PR groups getting into it Every, consulting firms like the Deloitte's and that sort of thing who do the analyst stuff as well everyone's kind of do, cutting every in, eating into everyone else's lunch um, in some way or another at the moment so there's a lot of convergence in that but um, I still do think there's a very good opportunity for um, I mean some of the larger companies that we see in the market already obviously have uh, very strong analyst programs um, but there's a lot of smaller companies which are, are not really sure what they should and shouldn't do um, when it comes to analysts itself. Um, so I, I do think there's a there's a lot of value in all the different analyst firms. They all have different things that are that are available to them uh, that they do, which bring value to their customers and to the market itself. Um, from our perspective, obviously, you know, we do a lot of work with channel partners, um, whether it's a system integrator trying to do some strategy, whether it's a distributor trying to engage better whether it's vendors trying to improve etc cetera, etc cetera. We, we we sort of cover across all bases there so um from your perspective guys i wanted to ask today you know what's the one thing that they should do if you're a smaller company looking at okay we've seen all these analyst houses maybe we could do something with them maybe we should engage with them what's one thing they should do and one thing they shouldn't do who wants to who wants to take that first <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, actually, no, I'll, I'll kick off with my show. So look, obviously yeah. we do a lot, and, and particularly myself, I do a lot of work with the channel community, uh, which is super buoyant at the moment, obviously, in uh, in Australia. And I think the certainly some of the partners that we work with, I think the, the, the smarter ones, to be honest, are going, you know what, this market is moving so quickly, I should be taking regular external counsel uh, from people who are, you know, basically professional industry watchers, which is what we are, right? You know, we're constantly in the marketplace talking to CIOs doing research, looking at statistics, looking at the market, looking at where it's going. If you can tap into that uh, in a cost-effective way, because it's not on your payroll, you know, these typically most partners don't have a, a head of strategy role uh, until you get to the kind of larger billion-dollar-plus listed companies. 
um, then why wouldn't you take external counsel uh, in, in bite-sized chunks that allows you to check your strategy with, these are the offerings that we've got right now, and this is the go-to-market motion with an external company that can go, yes, that's a good sounding board that works broadly across anything. Go, yeah, best practice there, we think looks like that. Best practice looks like this. And we've, you know, I think we've, we've all seen in the last two to three years, we've seen more partners actually engaging uh, with us, and I think other analyst firms as well, than we've seen in a long time as they realize it's moving so quickly, it's much harder to predict the movements, and they're happening into years. And so it's that, mm. that pulse and, and almost the timeline that's changed. You know, we used to be able to do a strategy that would last two to three years. You just can't do that anymore. You can give it a go, but you've got to be checking your strategy every six months, arguably even every quarter, to just make small corrections in where you're focusing. The big investments are becoming in different chunks, but the concept of trying to build a five-year strategy makes very little sense in the current marketplace. I think even as analysts, we go, what's going to be the state of the market in five years? We can we can see the directional trends, but to have an absolute view on that is much more difficult than it was say ten or fifteen years ago. Yeah, it's it's it, I, I like that point a lot actually, and particularly you know that agile approach to it, making you know doing your sprints rather than trying to do a big waterfall five year strategy. It it kind of speaks to it very very clearly. Yeah. It also it it also kind of um, echoes that idea of your customers are going to be moving much faster than you are, and most of them have. Um, been for the last few years, you're being more innovative than the actual channel has been. The channel is catching up in many ways, so being far more strategic. So, so Mark, when they are actually engaging someone like us or someone like yourself when it comes to strategy, what do they need to keep in mind most of all? I mean, is there anything in particular? Is it you know, do they need to have um, you know, do they need to have the CEO available the whole time? Can this come from anyone in the organisation? What's what's the, what's the kind of best way to to engage? Yeah, I mean, we we tend to operate at a couple of different levels. So certainly strategy, CEO, leadership team, uh, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, we do engage sometimes just on a go-to-market basis, which is, you know, we know the we know the areas that we're focused on and we're actually looking for new innovative ways to do that. You know, and we'll often do work where it's helping to create content or helping to do custom research that allows them to position themselves as a thought leadership in that marketplace or running industry events and roundtables. So in that, in that situation, we'll often just engage with the sales and marketing leads or the industry leads, depending on the size of the partner. So you can think about it in a number of different ways, but certainly strategy, all the strategy stuff we do is with is with leadership team. And, and, and those, those are generally a lot of fun because it's one, it's a chance to get the team together, but also to have that external counsel. You know, we're all guilty. Um, you know, I think every organization is guilty sometimes of just uh, talking too much to itself. Uh, mm. you know, so sitting in meetings, sitting in meetings where all the tears face inwards. Uh, and, and in this current marketplace, the speed it's moving at, you've got to have an external lens. You've got to turn the seat around. You've got to look outside. You've got to talk to external counsel, take really good feedback from your customers, look at what's happening competitively, and make sure you've got a really strong lens on that so that you're kind of mm. running in the right direction. All right. Uh, anything they shouldn't do when they're trying to engage from a, from that strategy perspective? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, sometimes, we don't, sometimes there's an interesting situation where they want us to to say something about their particular offering where you know we don't endorse right so this is not yeah. um I, I think sometimes there's not there's not the understanding there that we're not there to say that they're great uh in the case of content we can position that the market is going in this direction and the key things that you want to look for in providers would be these things they can slipstream in behind that and say they are that provider but we can't outright do endorsements you know we don't do Pay yeah. speaking in that sense. And I think there's a line there that sometimes we, we have to just be very clear about. We're a completely independent analyst house, as are all the analyst houses, uh, broadly speaking. Uh, and, and there's a line there you can't cross. We can certainly say where the market's aligned. And if they're aligned to the market, they can say that and the customer can join the dots. Mm. But we can't say it outright. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'd say that's that 
that's that should be true of any kind of external third party you know unless they're a, just a, a pure yeah. sales relationship with you if it's a consulting firm if it's someone that you're getting in to do something they're not there to make an endorsement and particularly not to you know not to not to be a um, someone who just parrots what the organization says for sure tim what about you what what, what do you think uh, channel partners should do when they're engaging with analyst firms Oh, look, I'll, I'll come back to a little bit at the tail end of what Mark was talking about, which is, uh, I guess, how they look at the market. You know, a lot of the companies we work with know their space very well, um, but only look to that space. So to, to look beyond um, you know, your own horizons and, and think about where else or what's changing, um, the market, is, as we all know, is moving very quickly, et cetera, et cetera. So, I, I think that look beyond where you currently focus and, yep, use whoever you want. I, you know, it doesn't have to be analysts. Go go talk to folks in the street, talk to, you know, adjacent customers. I don't really care. But, you know, don't have a, a, a fairly singular view of, of where you're focusing right now because there's adjacencies that are, that are probably going to be quite interesting to pursue. So that would be the first comment. I think I think the the other thing, a, a much more basic, right? You know, yes, the cash for comment, but you know, it doesn't exist broadly speaking. We, we know there are one or two that, that might pursue that strategy every now and again, but on the whole, most of the analysts don't don't play like that. And I think that's that's how it should be. It's at some point you've got to have a a, 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 a minute bit of integrity left. Um, but it's it's sort of a couple of things, I guess around engagement it, it's a two-way street right mm. um share it, we do it you know analyst peers that we know are highly knowledgeable um but if we only ever have a conversation which is we're being sort of leached for information um it, it becomes difficult after a while to uh, to do that consistently, and and so treat treat the analysts as a two way street. Share, you know, it, it becomes a, a better discussion all round. We might learn something, you might learn something. I learned many years ago when I first started in this game that as an analyst, if all you do is is ask questions and take um, your analyst relations uh, that you had don't aren't, aren't very fruitful and aren't very productive. So the more you can share. Uh, as an analyst, the the, the better that engagement is going to be. The same works for for organisations that we work with. Um, you know, so if you're if you're contemplating working with analysts, come with a sharing mindset. You know, talk and and, and share information and take information because you get a better outcome. Um, and the other other thing I think is, um, yeah, don't don't confuse analysts with journalists. And I don't mean that in a derogatory sense or a negative way. Journalists are incredibly powerful ways. Of, of getting messages out. Analysts are, are probably more fuel uh, for the PR to, to power that along, right? You know, so um, th there is a, a difference for, between those those two roles, even if they both speak to the industry and speak to the market, they, they do it in a different time. Um, yeah, sorry, I'll, I'll shut up now because... <laughs> <laughs> all, all good points. You, you've, you've, you've sparked a few other ones in me, which I, I forgot I wasn't... I, won't talk about them today because there's probably too many that we could say that you know should and shouldn't. Um, but it's a really good point there. I, I I love that idea also of you know don't just don't just take take take. Um, there is absolutely a give and take part of that, and I think there's you know being um, the 
the best relationships are always those which are transparent, which are open and honest, and which are available. You know, it's not um, you're not hiding behind corporate speak. You're not hiding behind anything else. You're just speaking openly and honestly, and you know, and offering value and taking value at the same time. I think that always works best. I mean, whether back in my old journo days, or even you know, back um, in some of the days where I did more tracking and market sizing sort of stuff, um, you know. Even now, as well, same thing as you said. You know, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to open up on both sides of that for for people to have value from it. Um, and it can be very, very valuable once you do do that, um, as as you, you've both said. One, and I, I love that point about um, moving outside your own industry or your own area to to learn from what else can happen. Um, I think there's a there's a that's a that's a exceptionally good point. Um, and, You've both mentioned on something where you know, right now in the market, there's so much possible information that you can go to. And there's many ways to go about, um, you know, testing your strategy, testing what you're doing and, you know, being more agile and and looking at things which can give you inspiration, which can give you education. Um, there's so many different areas you can do this. I mean, we run... <clears throat> excuse me, we run, you know, different design thinking style workshops with partners that do this as well through, to, you know, whole processes that go through it. You know, so it's a really, really good point to to look at, and and that's actually one of the things that I would say is to to um, to one thing not to do when you are engaging analysts. From my perspective, is again, don't rely on one. Um, you know, you you many of the analyst firms are what I would call closed walled gardens. Um, you know, they they do their own research, they do their own peer reviews internally, and that's it. They rarely use research or data that's out there in the market itself, which isn't itself, it's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, you could scientifically, we could argue different stuff around methodologies there, but, you know, most of them are, are fairly reputable and trustworthy in that regards. Um, but they are just one view. There are so many other possibilities that are out there in the market to have a look at. So it's, it's absolutely worthwhile um, talking to as many people as you can. And as and that would be the thing to do is um, just off the back of what you guys said is establish that relationship. You know, open up, um, create the dialogue, make yourself available when you you know have people that are available. You don't necessarily have to have a you know an analyst relations role, and you don't have to necessarily um, nominate one person. But having people that are available that can engage and communicate with the analyst community overall um, is always a positive thing to do. Um, as you know, if you when you do need them, um, they can be very very helpful for it. Um, that's it today. I know there's a there's there's so much more we could talk about. Obviously, we, we've all got a lot of experience, and I'd love to hear what some of the other analysts have to say, what some of the analyst relations people that we know of have to say too. Uh, they may totally disagree with us. They may totally agree either way. But there's definitely plenty of things you can do. I think the over the overall message is that yes, it's it's worthwhile. Um, engaging with analyst communities. Um, there are so many different ways that you can benefit from it. Um, and they can also benefit from engaging with you too. I mean, it's 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 kind of that network effect, if you like. And if it's, if it's value creation, then that's a good thing. So um, let us know. Um, I'm going to call it there, guys. Thank you very much for your time um, today. Do appreciate it. Um, okay. So for anyone who, who is listening, who, who wants to drop us some thoughts about other things that you might do, by all means, let us know. Drop us a note. Um, we'd love to have, uh, if, you've got, if you've got some particularly vocal uh, opinions, get on. We'd love to have you as a guest. So let me know. Um, and thanks very much for listening. We'll catch you next time. This was the TRA Channel Podcast. What's the opportunity?